Well, the years start coming and they don't stop coming. Fed to the rules and I hit the ground running. Didn't make sense not to live for fun. Your brain gets smart, but your head gets dumb. So much to do, so much to see. So what's wrong with taking the back streets? You'll never know if you don't go. You'll never shine if you don't glow. Hey now, you're an all-star. Get your game on, go play. Hey now, you're a rock star. Get the show on, get Welcome, Pewter Report readers and listeners, to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast, Energized by Celsius. I am here with my friends. Look, Matt Matera, he's got the Celsius. What what flavor is that, Matt? That is a kiwi. Sparkling kiwi flavor. Mm -hmm. Wow. How many flavors have you tried now, Matt? Just two, uh, the orange and the kiwi. And that's because, so today I literally went from Bucks practice to the gas station that's near my apartment going to pick up some more celsius and there was three rows for the celsius cans they yeah. were all sold out i got the last two cans in the gas station you so, heard it here uh, folks they're flying off the shelves really can. i would have taken a picture out. but i left my phone in my car i was like ah damn like the one time yeah. i don't bring my phone right. with me <laughs> it was unbelievable i was so pumped that's great. No, that's, I mean, the, you advertise on the Peter Report podcast, your product's going to start flying off the shelves in Tampa. It's, just, it's reality of the situation. We have literal visual proof of that. Uh, so uh, we are excited about today's show. Today on the show, we are going to be trying some, some totally new things on the Peter Report podcast on the live show. So if you are listening to us in your car after we've recorded this, Godspeed, we are going to try to keep you as informed as we possibly can. But we are going to be using some visual elements in today's show. And, and they'll just be helpful. It's not like you couldn't listen to this. So keep listening by all means. You know, we're going to be clear in what we're talking about. But we are going to use some visual elements in the show. We're going to show some stats. We're going to show a Pro Bowl ballot and screen share a little bit. And, and the three of us are going to go through and kind of vote on Pro Bowl ballot uh, and what that process is going to kind of. So we'll, we'll debate a little bit about some of the Pro Bowl stuff. Uh, we'll talk about mainly focus on which bucks in each position group uh, might make the Pro Bowl and what kind of a chance they have. And then we'll cast our vote collectively. Obviously, with the three of us, one of us will be tiebreakers uh, for certain things. So it's going to be a lot of fun on the show today. And it's all brought to you by our friends over at Celsius. We're pumped. We've got a lot to talk about today, and this Pro Bowl ballot is going to be something we've never tried on the show before, screen sharing a little bit, uh, doing some fun stuff like that, and so I am pumped for it. Uh, but before we get to that, folks, just want to let you know, we've already talked up Celsius a little bit, but I mean, really, especially this time of year, it's important you stay active and energized all day with Celsius by your side. Celsius powers active lives every day with essential functional energy. We're different from other energy drinks because we focus on movement. When combined with exercise, our formula is clinically proven to boost your metabolism and help you burn body fat. Whether you need an extra boost at the gym or a delicious pick-me-up to help you hustle through your workday, Celsius is here to help you stay active and focused on your goals. Made with only the best ingredients, Celsius has no artificial pr preservatives, no flavors, no aspartame, or no fr high fructose corn syrup, and it's very low in sodium. So make sure you head out as Matt did pick up your Celsius, Celsius containers uh, today. Uh, I know Taylor, you and I have some coming uh, and I'm going to try some, going to try some new flavors uh, that I, you know, that I haven't 
experienced yet before. And Scott's talking up basically. Scott has like every flavor now, um, and he's loving like every one. He pulled out like 15 flavors on the last show, and he's just like, "Look at this one. I tried this." I feel one. like this he has a, a vault of Celsius, like somewhere in his house, where it's like, "All right, what am I gonna go with today?" And like, <laughs> yeah, he has like a Celsius fridge or something, like in his, yeah. I think, in his basement or something. But yeah, no, it's uh. It's fun. So uh, we're excited about that. We're excited about them. We're also excited about today's show because, like I said, we've got some things uh, going on on today's show that uh, you're not going to, you haven't seen us do before uh, if we're going live. And we'll show you a couple of those now. So we're going to pull up the Pro Bowl ballot uh, and we're going to kind of refer to this Pro Bowl ballot throughout the show. So as you're watching live, uh, you're going to be checking us out as we kind of vote through this Pro Bowl ballot and decide, okay, what? box are going to be worthy of kind of consideration for each of these spots and we'll uh we'll pull up uh, some stats too to, to show you all what that looks like um but it's gonna be a fun time in the show hopefully we have some people from other fan bases coming in they're like oh i want to see if these guys vote for guys from uh, my team or whatever so um you know maybe we will we'll see uh the quarterback position gentlemen we have uh man quarterbacks this year this is getting pretty tricky uh for evaluating quarterbacks obviously we're looking at from a Bucks lens, even though we're going to pick, you know, the league right now, we're going to look at it from a Bucks lens too and see kind of where Tom Brady stacks up with these other quarterbacks. So before we even get into like the voting process per se, we're going to uh, pull up some stats here and take a look. I mean, right now, if you look, this is sorted by passing yards. If you look now just by passing yards, Tom Brady's fourth in the NFL uh, passing yards, and I don't think that traditional statistics are a great way to evaluate which quarterbacks should or shouldn't make the pro bowl or, you know, should, or even should be considered the best in the league. Um, you know, y'all can sound off on that. How you feel, but uh, you know, to me, I think there's better statistics and really for quarterbacks, no replacement for, for watching them and studying them. Um, but interested to see where he stacks up still in that regard. I mean, still doing you know pretty well across the board, even his yards per attempt up to 7.1 yards per attempt. And it seems like Tom Brady's kind of holding par a little bit behind some of these others in, in regular completion percentage, not adjusted completion percentage, which is what you should be using if you're evaluating these things. But I don't know, guys. I, I think that if you're voting for the Pro Bowl right now, Matt, we'll start with you. If you're locking in a couple quarterbacks for the Pro Bowl right now, is Tom Brady one of your locks? Or is he kind of in the next wave? Or you know, are you just going all out right away with all six of your votes are going to be locks? I would say as far as the the NFC vote, Brady has to be at least in the top three. Uh, I think the top two you're actually going to see playing tonight on Thursday Night Football. I mean, Russell Wilson all season has been uh, all season has been an MVP candidate, and Kyler Murray, especially over the last couple of weeks, okay, he is he's an electrifying guy to watch. I know from a fantasy football perspective, he is is crushing it. And a big thing with the Pro Bowl itself is. Yes, on the field stats matters, but with a big chunk of getting to the Pro Bowl being the fan vote, they're yeah. going to vote for you know the exciting player, the household name. You you think people in Oklahoma right now, big Sooners fans, they're going to be voting for Kyler Murray. It doesn't matter if they're not a Arizona Cardinal fan. So when you factor that in, because it's more than just whether whether you like it or not, it's more than just what you see on the field. It's about household names, and that hurts some people and it helps some people. And because right. of that, Brady's going to get the votes because Brady is a is you know he's a he transcends football. He's a captivating celebrity figure, so right. he's going to get the votes for that. But right, I would put him third behind uh, Wilson and Kyler Murray, and maybe okay. depending on who wins tonight, you could flip flop uh, the two of them. Mm, okay, so one thing to note, even though you're right, 
right that it is AFC NFC. If there were to be a game, there isn't a game, and so I so they may. I don't know how they're going to pick it. I tried to look it up, but we are just voting for six. It does. We could vote for all six from the NFC. Doesn't matter. That's how the ballot works. Yeah, it's super weird. Uh, there's a million things with the ballot process and the voting process for fans that are incredibly stupid. Uh, and we'll get to all those as we go through the show because the system is unbelievably bad. Uh, but here we are doing it. So I don't know. Maybe we're the maybe the joke's on us. But uh, Taylor, with that in mind, are you willing to say, yes, Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray should be locked in votes ahead of Tom Brady for the for the Pro Bowl? Yeah, and I think I could probably put Aaron Rodgers above him too. I mean, if we're looking at the six best wow. quarterbacks in the NFL and you're just voting for them regardless of conference, I think Tom Brady's in that top six. But when you just look across the league, I think right now, I mean, if you want to talk about this, Pro Bowl, MVP, whatever, I think you've got to look at Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Kyler Murray, and then you've got Tom Brady – kind of down there with Josh Allen, who even Josh Allen has the edge in passing yards. They have similar stats as far as touchdowns, as far as rating. So I would so not you all think Kyler Murray has been better at quarterback this year than Tom Brady. Do I think he's been better at quarterback or do I not think he's been better? No, do, do you all think that? Do you both think that Kyler Murray's been better and more deserving of a Pro Bowl vote than Kyler Murray this year? I think there's it's different players. It's, you know, yeah, it's close. Like, I mean, what, what, what Kyler Murray is asked to do is so different than what Tom Brady is asked yeah. to do. True. Yeah. And one I, is asked to do hard stuff. The other, <laughs> just <kidding. yeah. laughs> I mean, but, Kyler's but, obviously a better athlete. I mean, that, you know, goes without saying he's a great, better runner. And that's a dimension that has to be considered for sure. I, I do think passing wise, Kyler Murray is asked to do mostly very simple things in that offense. And when he's asked to do tougher things and tougher throws down the field, is he tends to be kind of all over the place. Now, you know, Brady's had some, you know, the last two games haven't been great for him in terms of downfield throwing either, but the larger sample size, I think Brady's been more impressive as a passer than Kyle Murray, certainly more consistent this so season. Too. But Murray does have highlight real plays on his side, so he is worth considering. But either and way, eight rushing touchdowns, is he is he still leading the I league in it, rushing yards? It might be more than that. It I mean, it's it's 10. insane. And right, he's like fourth in the league in rushing. So yards. it's like, yeah, he 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 doesn't stack up at the top of the league with passing yards. He doesn't stack up at the top of the league with rush with um passing touchdowns. He's got I think seven or eight interceptions. But when you look and he's averaging 60, 70, 80 rushing yards a game, he's averaging a rushing touchdown a game. He had two in his last game. What he brings from that dimension is just so different. It's why Lamar Jackson, I mean, was so dangerous last year. I mean, granted, he threw 35 touchdowns and yeah. led the league in passing touchdowns. But it's just such a different dimension. And that's what makes Pro Bowl voting so weird in general compared to other sports. If you look at the All-Star game for basketball and baseball, like baseball, okay, if the guy has good stats hitting, he's going to be in because you just have to quantify what they do essentially as a hitter. It's why Mike Trout wins the MVP all the time, even though he's on a team that doesn't make the playoffs. But football is so complex that you could be a really good player and you're doing what your team is asking you to do, but it doesn't show up necessarily on the stat sheet. I mean, look at the the Bucks Packers game earlier in the season. The Bucks dominated the Packers, and Tom Brady, I don't even think, threw for 200 yards. But right. the team played well, but st statistically, for like Pro Bowl considerations, it wouldn't look as a good game for Tom Brady. But when you actually see what happened in the game, yeah, that's where it could help your arguing point, but not necessarily with uh, with voters. So we agree, Russell Wilson, you guys both voting for Kyler Murray. So he's in regardless of my opinion here. 
Patrick yeah. Mahomes got to be in, right? Lock. Yeah. And Aaron Rodgers, we all agree, lock, right? Yeah, lock. Mm-hmm. So if those four locks, Josh Allen, we got two spots, and we've got Josh Allen, Tom Brady, uh, look, I mean, Deshaun, Deshaun Watson. Watson, yeah, is another guy. Roethlisberger. I mean, Drew Brees has played ben, really uh, well. Lately. The Big Ben one is very interesting because, like, he's on an undefeated yeah. team. <laughs> How do you not consider that guy for the Pro Bowl? Right. I see, uh, you know, to oh. me, and I'll get voted out. I'll get voted out of Pittsburgh. Pro. I mean, I'm leaving anyway. So, <laughs> but I'm saying this because I know I'm leaving. Peace. Ben Roethlisberger shouldn't be a pro bowler this year. <laughs> just, I mean, just look, he's not been better. You can't not have Josh Allen on the pro bowl ballot. And I don't think you can, I don't know how you could not have Tom Brady on it, you know? I, and that's where I, it comes down to me for Deshaun Watson or Kyler Murray. And I would probably lean Deshaun Watson, but I respect, I mean, Kyler Murray's had a great year and I think, you know, he definitely deserves to be in consideration for this award too. But I would go Josh Allen and Tom Brady here with lots of respect to Deshaun Watson, who I said I would have on my personal ballot, and yeah. lots of respect to to the season that Breeze ended up putting together. Although I think it's mostly simple stuff, he's he's doing it at the highest level you can do it. And Ben, I think it kind of falls in that Breeze category to me. It's like it's not a, a super complex offense that asks him to do a, a lot of difficult things down the field, or make a lot of tough throws, or hold the ball very long, or create. You know, the offense is really helping him, boosting him. I feel that way about Breeze and Ben at this point. And not to, that's not to diminish them. I'm just saying if we're picking the six best, those things got to be criteria, right? Yeah. Not so to that, get com- not, I don't want to get completely off subject here, but John, you could potentially have a reverse Trevor Sikama situation here because Trevor <laughs> left Tampa and now the Bucs are really good. The, the Steelers are undefeated right now. And if you, and leave about Pinsner, to leave. if you leave Pittsburgh and the Steelers are struggling a little bit, we could but be. What if what here. if they then start losing? What if they go undefeated? What if they're undefeated and then I leave and then they start losing? Yeah, it's the reverse Trevor Sikkim. What if they start oh. losing and Tampa oh, starts losing? You, you would have two and, cities that want your neck. Oh no, that's true. And I would almost have to come. Wow, this is this is, this this is really is intense. I'm you not sure how to California. <laughs> that's basically trying to go so or new orleans to get the saints to lose yeah, i don't know true. um no i think that you know and fans you can sound off too in the comments and is who you think for quarterback should make it and if you think brady's deserving I, I don't think it's a lock right now for brady i know i wrote in an article this past week i called him a, a lock and i probably should have used a different term i think it's a lock that he'll get the vote the the uh, fan vote side of it because New all of New England, all of Boston, they're all going to vote for him. Like, I mean, those people have covered and followed Tom Brady as a Buccaneer, like as closely yeah. as they do their own team. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, I think half our readership's from Boston. I mean, they just yeah, this the point, Patriots yeah. fans they're love it. Brady, um, right? So he'll get the fan vote, and I, I just think coaches are going to they're going to see they're going to know how difficult it is to to make that switch after twenty years and see him playing at a high level, and he'll get that vote. So I think he's a lock to get in. Um, I think it's a conversation about whether it's deserving, not because he hasn't been great. I think he's been great, but the reality is we probably got about eight quarterbacks playing at a great level this year. And, you know, he's probably not one of the top two or three, maybe, but probably out right outside that. So I vote him in, but I, I think it's a conversation. Let's put it that way. We got to move on. Running back position. This is the one fans have really been yeah. waiting for. They're waiting to see this running back position and what I know. Some of y'all think that I'm going to be a hater with Ronald Jones. But I'm just gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna step aside for a second and I'm gonna say, gentlemen, the running back vote is here. I'm gonna show you the stats, Taylor. We're gonna start with you this time. You're gonna tell me, just straight up, do you think that Ronald Jones should be 
in the Pro Bowl because he is the third leading rusher in the NFL, obviously boosted significantly by this past week and 192-yard performance. I don't know that it's a mark of consistency, but his numbers are fine on the ground. His numbers in the passing game are ridiculously low, and that affects his total yards per game output. You can see where he is all the way to the right there and compared to to everyone else, uh, pretty low mark. But um, where do we fall on the Ronald Jones discussion for the Pro Bowl right now? Taylor, go ahead and, and sound off on this issue. And how many total do we get? We get six votes for running backs again? We get we get six votes for running back, and I'm going to assume that everybody's voting for Dalvin Cook and Derrick Henry because it's yeah. the two-man race for league for the rushing title. And, you know, you can say what you want about it and pick them apart individually if you want, but if you're going to win the rushing title, you should probably win, be a pro bowler. <laughs> so. Derrick Henry are both locks. I mean, easy, easiest ballot you'll fill out. Mm-hmm. I think Alvin Kamara, what he's done in the past game is a lock. Agreed. If Ronald Jones makes the pro bowl, it's going to be in that sixth spot. Um, what James hmm. Robinson has done in Jacksonville is awesome. Wow, we've got it's a James awesome. Robinson. Well, I, I agree. He's super excited. Because one-third of the fan vote, or one-third of the vote is deducted by fans. People love, one, Jacksonville is a hard team to hate, just like the Bucks were for a long time. They're the lovable losers. It's hard to love a team, or it's hard to hate a team that's never really a threat. And when you get a guy like him that's an undrafted free agent, and he, or no, he, he was Illinois State. Was he late round or was he undrafted, John? You'd know better than I would off the Who top was of that, head. James Robinson? James Robinson. I think he was late round. Yeah, late round. So, I mean, I think that's a lot of fun. Kareem Hunt, he's had some injuries, but he's played phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kenyon Drake is going to struggle now that he's missed a couple weeks and Chase Edmonds kind of had to step in. But I think that if Ronald Jones is going to make it, and I said the other day, like it's not that Ronald Jones hasn't been good. He's also had turnovers. And it's hard when you've seen his own coaching staff put him on the bench multiple times this year because of fumbles, because of missing pass protections. And I think 14% of his yards came on that 98-yard run. I did the math the other day. It's like 14.6% of his yards came on 0.7% of his carries. So, like, yeah. I know, obviously, I hate to make that argument that, like, oh, if you take out this big play, then he's here because the big play happened. But like it's like with the, what was it CJ two K a few years ago? It's like oh well, if you take out all those eighty yard runs, well he had one every week. But this <laughs> isn't the case with Ronald Jones. It's not like he's busting off twenty and thirty yard runs every week. So I think if he yeah. does get to the Pro Bowl, he'll have to have a really strong second half and he'll sneak in in that five or six spot. Josh Jacobs again, another phenomenal running back, had a great rookie year. But yeah, Ty Ty says James Robinson was uh, undrafted, so he was undrafted. Okay. Thank you, Ty. Um, all right, Matt. Your thoughts here? I mean, are we? Uh, is this fair to say that Ronald? Jo- I mean, I know it's crazy because right now people look and they see him being third in the NFL in rushing yards, but I mean, the reality is that in today's NFL, it's about the passing game. And if you're not doing anything in the passing game, and if almost all your, you know, the only reason he's up there is because of one carry, it's kind of I don't know. I, I know that's the tricky situation because if you just watched highlights of Ronald Jones strictly just running the ball and nothing in the passing game, if you took the passing game out of it, mm-hmm. yeah, he's clearly a Pro Bowler or at least I would think so. And I mean, you made some arguments, both of you made some arguments for like against his 98 yard run, but I would say, I mean, how many 98 yard runs do we see in football? Yeah. Like, we really are really seeing it with Derek yeah, Henry. Awesome run. And I think yeah. that's sometimes a, a highlight real play is what helps get someone into the pro bowl in, in a situation like this. I also feel that if you're not going to go with Ronald Jones, who's going to be that's that the question. fifth or sixth guy to get in. Um, if you look a little further on the list, 
I mean, he's missed some games, but Aaron Jones, when he's in the game, Packers, he's he's a great running back. And he's another guy that's gotten a little more uh, name recognition over the past couple of years. I think a big part because of fantasy football, because people realized how good he's been if, uh, right. if he's been on your yeah. team. He's a guy that will get in. Uh, Kamara will get in again because of name recognition. And when he's playing and what he does in the in the past game, mm-hmm. it's a lock. Clearly. Um, but yeah, now, I, I guess that'd be my main argument is who do you put who in else, instead right. of Rojo? And and that's where the conversation is difficult right now. I think if we have this conversation in a month, we'll be saying, I don't think Rojo can be in it. Not, not disrespect to him, but the reality is this is a season that Christian McCaffrey's barely played. Nick yeah. Chubb barely played, and he's still on this list for still 461 yards because he's a beast. You know, so those guys, Kareem Hunt, too. That'll hurt yeah. Kareem yeah, Hunt. Yeah, 100%. That hurt will come in and take his snaps. Right, and Kareem Hunt is another one I think you'll see him fade. I mean, he's up there right now, 633 yards. He's uh, he's sixth in the NFL right now in rushing, but you're going to see that fade. And you know, guys like Zeke Elliott have not had a strong season. Todd Gurley could get in on name recognition and touchdowns because he gets a lot of touchdowns, but Todd Gurley's not Todd Gurley. I mean, he gets Josh, blocked for that to get. Do you think Josh Jacobs will lock? He probably will get in, but again, it's like so what at that point we have four locks right now. Yeah. So I hate Mara Cook, Henry Jacobs. Right. right. And I don't I, think that this landscape is going to look the same in a month. Like I just don't think no. so. I mean, Zeke Elliott's had a bad year so far, but again, name recognition. He's still at 572 yards. If he gets too close to a thousand, he's going to get voted in. And so I think it'll look a lot different if we have to vote right now, though. I mean, I think the passing game matters a ton. Um, I probably wouldn't give Rojo my vote in a, in a vacuum, but right now, because so few of these guys, I mean, Aaron Jones has missed time. Christian McCaffrey's missed time. Nick Chubb's missed time. There's been other guys I can't even think of right now that are there. Saquon Barkley. I mean, we just, uh, it's kind of been a depleted group this season. We have not seen the typical production from the running back room across the NFL that we typically see. So because of that, I'd say right now we're doing this battle right now. And I think we got to put Rojo in there, right? I agree. I think yeah. he's got to be in. I think he, you're talking yeah. about we're taking six. He's That's one right. of those six. Probably five or six, but he's one of those six. Right. We could have different answers in a month, but now is now. We got we to gotta roll with it. Wide receiver position. Okay, this is one we can almost skip over. How many? How surprised would you have been if I would have told you we were doing this exercise and you at the beginning of the year, and then we would be skipping over wide receiver for the Bucs. Right. <laughs> yeah. it's it's they have three insane. Pro Bowl receivers, but none of them are Pro Bowlers this year because the production just isn't there and the numbers just aren't there. And so, um, uh, it sucks too because if Chris Godwin yeah. was healthy, I think he would be a shoe in. Just like his right. production when he's, when he's playing is, you know, even with the broken finger, he's. I so just think that his touchdowns wouldn't be high. He would be the Bucks volume receiver, but like Tom Brady has shown, like, <laughs> Who does he throw to on the goal line? Leonard Fournette, Rob Gronkowski, Mike Evans. Every time. Those are like his yeah. three targets that he targets around the goal line. So I think that it wouldn't be that crazy to think that Godwin could have five, 600 yards at this point. Mm-hmm. But like, would he have more than two touchdowns? Right. I mean, that, that we're at the situation with Godwin, like you said, where, you know, his his numbers, because he's played only half the games this year, and he hasn't been healthy for all of them, like, his numbers probably aren't going to get there. And, you know, Mike Evans has played, but not been fully healthy. And again, his touchdowns, his name recognition, he's probably got a better chance. It was 514 yards. You know, the thing that can happen with Mike Evans, guys, is if you look at his games across the years, I'm not saying Mike Evans is going to make the Pro Bowl this year. I'm not saying Mike Evans is even going to get to that, that seventh 1,000 yard season in a row. But what Mike Evans has typically done over the years, he's had like two or three games every season yeah. where he's like, 
up over 150 yards in a game and yeah, he just, just goes, goes off, you know, out of his mind. Right. Last year, I think two weeks later he did it against the Panthers. It was right. Like, it's like that kind of a output for Mike Evans a lot of the time. And yeah. so this is a different year and it's a different, just, you know, everything's different a little bit and they've changed some of the things and there's other weapons. And so, and Tom Brady's going to share the ball more. And so there's other elements to consider. So I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I'm saying that we could, you know, I could see him popping off for, you know, and the, they're going to be throwing all the time against the Chiefs. I could see him popping off for close to 200 against the Chiefs, you know, because they got to just, yeah. it's going to be a shootout type of game. You know, I don't think it's going to happen against the Rams because I think that game is going to be more of a defensive struggle. But um, I, I think the Chiefs game is going to be kind of like a no holds barred shootout type of game. And I could see him popping off for, you know, close to, and then we're all of a sudden we're in a conversation about, him maybe for the Pro Bowl, depending on what other people are doing. Well, especially just because of those touchdown, those touchdown numbers. He has so thought, many, yep. but none come outside of the ten. He's had one outside of the ten yard line of his eight. So right. like it's if he can pick up the yardage total and average a hundred yards for three or four games over that span, then all of a sudden I think he's seriously in the conversation. Right. It's going to be an interesting conversation. We'll move on to tight ends here. Tight ends is, I mean, this is if you if we look at statistics for tight ends right now, you know, in a nutshell, you'd say, all right, like, you know, no way a tight end makes it. Like it's you know, for the box, it's not gonna happen. But look at the look at the stats right now for tight ends in the NFL. I mean, Gronkowski's like right down here at seventh, and he's barely behind everybody else. He's a hundred yeah. yards behind second place. And Kittle's not playing. John, you you tweeted something recently, and I could not agree with it more. It was like, you look at the tight ends in the NFL this season, and it's Travis Kelsey at the top, and then just nothing else after that. Just right. Zach Ertz is on the IR and was bad when he was playing, and that's yeah. like, what is going on? George Kittle's on the IR, and he's still, I mean, yeah. right there in receiving yards, second in the league. Right. It's just, I don't know that where you see, I mean, Darren Waller, the way his production's gone this season, I just don't know that you're going to see Darren Waller get a ton of you know production throughout the rest of the year. And none of these other guys are that great of players. I mean, Hunter Henry's been like they've been complaining all year that he, well, why aren't we using this guy? You know what I mean? What's going on? And here he is, he's fifth in the league this year. It's just I, I just think Gronkowski with the way they spread the ball around and the fact that he's probably going to get more touchdowns. Yeah, I think he I really think the name recognition and all yeah, that. I think that, he that right there. Right there. I mean, they're if especially if they're taking six of these guys, we've got six votes right now, and obviously Kelsey's a lock. And Kittle's not going to play the rest of the year, so I don't know how he could be a lock. He'll probably still make it. If we're if we're if we're being honest, Kittle's probably going to make it. He's going to play. He's not even going to be in the top ten when the season's over. No, but Jimmy Graham has a shot to make it. He's got five touchdowns. Yeah, and Mark Andrews has dropped like four touchdowns. It's he's had some like real struggling games. There's something going on with the Ravens as a whole offensively, and I don't know specifically what it is, but I mean, you look at the game against New England on Sunday night, something's Something's really off with the Ravens, and it's well. If you ask Lamar Jackson, they're just calling no. out Greg Roman's plays. Too easy. <laughs> I don't know. I think if we honestly look at this right now, I don't know how you couldn't vote for Gronk right now, just no, based on the way four touchdowns. I mean, even the guys that are ahead of him in yards, they don't have the touchdowns he has, and we've seen some of the caliber of catches that he's made. I mean, you know, I'd vote for Waller still. You know, I think that I'd I'd vote for some of these Got other it. guys. I'd. You know, I'd vote for a, a TJ Hawkinson to get into his first yeah. one. He's been good for Detroit. But again, we don't have production from anybody other than Travis Kelsey, like at a high level, at a Pro Bowl level. So production is coming like two weeks. So that's I would, another Yeah, I, I would say too that Gronk is um he's progressing too during the season. Like he started out slow and then really started to heat up. He's um yeah. 
he's looking more and more like the Gronk of old as we go on. Like clearly he's not prime Gronk, but um, right. the production that he's that he's putting up is it's getting better week by week, which is a good well, sign. He, he started so slow and then had what three receptions right. in three games from like week six to nine or six to eight or something. And that, yeah. I mean, does a lot just for, like, reminding people he's alive. Mm-hmm. And even last game, right. like, all right, he only had two catches, but they were two One very significant catches. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Touchdown like and that. a great combat catch for 44 yards. I mean, that was one of the biggest plays of the game. You know, that's that the only old school Gronk right there. He makes right. the catch. He like runs over yeah. a defender, like carries three guys to the goal line. The Saints game was so bad. The, the, the Saints game was so bad, guys, that it gave me pause with Gronk for a second. I was like, man, I thought he was coming on, but this is ridiculous. I mean, the Saints yeah. game was horrible. He had dropped a touchdown. He dropped a huge first down, and they were backed up in their own goal line. You know, he didn't get open early in the game on the first third down of the game. I thought he should have got open, and he just looked sluggish out of the break but then like, i mean he's running by jeremy chin last week I just, <laughs> yeah people are like this guy Every, can't run everyone was running by jeremy chin last week uh, yeah i mean but people say he's better than antoine <laughs> winfield, so, antoine winfield uh, jr <laughs> crazy. crazy um all right offensive lineman let's move on let's cruise through offensive lineman uh takes on offensive lineman anybody want to throw out a take i know everybody's voting for tristan Wirfs. if you're not voting for tristan Wirfs. Crazy. I mean, he clearly deserving the way he's played this season. He might be the best right tackle in the NFL with Mitchell Schwartz um, hurt uh, and Ryan Ranchick. Bakhtiari's got to be in there. Bakhtiari's got to be in there. Yeah. Um. Not played that much for. for yeah. As a side note, Teron Armstead, elite, got to be in there. I Becton would probably be in there if he wasn't dealing with injuries. I would. Love yeah, he's played well. Garrett Bowles, I think, has made forward. an improvement this year. Garrett Bowles, he's really great. stepped up. Yeah, the Jets won't have a lot of Pro Bowlers, so uh, I'm I'm hoping back in, get a, in there. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> Lane, I think Big Lane, Big Lane's yeah. been battling through it, yeah. playing great through through some pain. Um, you know, he deserves to be in there. On Wayne, who's played great, but he's also played guard, so I don't know if I could vote for him at tackle. Ramchick's had a little bit of a down year. Mitchell Schwartz would Schwartz be a lock, but he's hurt. You think Mark wants us to vote Donovan Smith in? What do y'all Mark think? Would, Mark would like load into the podcast right now. His ears are tingling that he hears his name. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> I think Laramie Tunsil's in there. You could make an argument for Trent Williams too, um, you know, but I think Werfs is definitely in there. So we'll move on and not belabor the point. Um, guard, the guard position, guys. I mean, here we're getting to the point, and let me check, let me check this because we just got the injury report, I believe. Yeah. Um, but let me check this because I, I wonder what the status will be for Ali Marpet moving forward because that's kind of going to be a strong indicator. Now, it says he was a full participant in today's practice. Coach Arian said that as well. We'll know more tomorrow with the fogginess and all that, that. Right. Okay, so so we're clearly moving significantly in the right direction with, with uh, Ali Marpet. Let's say he plays this week and he's back, you know, and he's, and he's back back. I think he's a lock for the Pro Bowl, in my opinion. I don't. Yeah, him and Levante David have been the number one guys of they just need to play in primetime. More people need to see them, and they'll be a pro bowler. So right. I think this year with Ali, he'll get that. Especially, I mean, he'll probably at one point or another get matched up against uh, Aaron Donald. So right. if, you know, if he plays well against him, I think he's a lock. Right. So just getting a couple of the comments, somebody said, Cam Brake could finish the year as top 10 in yards and touchdowns. Crazy how weak tight end is. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe get a sixth or seventh for him in the offseason. It's not a bad call about the trade. I mean, I was yeah. thinking at the beginning of this year, Cam Brake would have no trade value at all in the offseason. And obviously, he's not going to be back with the Bucs at his cost. And the guys are trying to return. I couldn't imagine him being back. 
he already took a pay cut. Um, but yes, I mean, and his pay goes up again for next year. So he'd have to take another cut. And I mean, I still think it's a long shot that they were able to move his contract. Um, I think they're almost definitely going to have to release him. Their best chance was to trade him halfway through the year when somebody else could take on his deal and half of it and then cut him, you know, as a rental and then yeah. cut him after the year. But I just don't think anybody's going to take his contract. But if he does somehow finish with good production for tight ends, his agent is going to be having a field day. Uh, there's no question about that. So that's an interesting thought. Some other people had some good thoughts on on tackles. Braden Smith. Um, I think I think we just got some fans from other teams in here, which is pretty cool. Uh, good, Braden Janet Smith, the Colts fan. Yeah, Braden Smith has had a really good year for Indy. I don't know if he's a Pro Bowler, but uh, you know, we can only pick so many, and, and so, the reality is it's a good position. Taylor Decker, good call on that. He's had a great year. I love Taylor Decker coming out, so I'm happy about that. Um, for guards, I think you have to immediately put Quentin Nelson in. I think he's been as good as ever. Yeah. Joel Batonio's probably up there with Cleveland. Batonio's played well. But I don't know. Seen the Pittsburgh game too, and Batonio's yeah. getting his tail kicked. So but we agree Cap is not in and we think Worfs or we think uh Marpet is in, right? I mean yeah. Cap has played well, but I don't know. I wouldn't put him in the Pro Bowl. Yeah, I really like the way Cap has played this year, man. He's yeah, made he's played so, great. He's made such an improvement from what he did when he couldn't get on the field with uh What's his name? Um, oh, God, who was it? A right guard. Matt, help me out oh, here. Was it Beninock? Beninock. Yeah, Caleb Caleb Beninock. yeah, those are dark days, fellas. Dude, we don't man. We don't need to talk about those days. Hey, that's, in the, that's in the past now. We're, yeah, we're, we're, we're all moving, moving forward. forward. So uh, center position, this is where it gets a little bit interesting. A lot of people will put Ryan Jensen into the conversation. I like Ryan Jensen. I think he's a good player for sure. I'd love for this team to keep him long term. But the reality is that there are – you know. I think there's enough plays where Ryan Jensen leaves something to be desired that I would say, okay, like you could vote somebody else. And I could see like in a normal year, you know, when I'm thinking normal year, when like Jason Kelsey and, uh, mm-hmm. and Alex Mack are at their peak, you know what I mean? Like, but that's not the reality anymore. Like those guys are not the top centers in the league anymore. And we don't really know who the next wave of top centers is going to be. And so I, I'm not sure who we vote for in that scenario other than somebody like Jensen. I mean, Rodney Hudson's obviously a lock, yeah. but I think Jensen should get in as well based on the fact that I'm not sure there's been enough better centers. And we're only voting for – I think we're voting for six at center too, but they'll only take four, I think. No love for AQ Shipley? I love him, but he's got to play more than one game, I think, maybe. I can't, I can't. Corey Lindsay's been great um, for Green Bay. Outside of that and Jensen, I really struggle. I mean, watching O-line is hard. I can only notice yeah. some, there's only so many days in the week. John, I don't know how you do it, but and Yeah, I'm not gonna sit here and tell you like I've watched every Yeah, I mean there's only a couple I can remember looking at a lot and everything. Right. Okay. Well let's 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 throw Jensen up there because I think that he I think he does deserve to be in based on criteria of who's available this season. Um edge defenders, you know. I I honestly, in a vacuum, I'm just going to be straight up. I don't think Jason Pierre-Paul has played at a Pro Bowl level this season. But, but he has the sacks. He has the sacks and he has name recognition. But he also hasn't made a Pro Bowl since 2012, I think. So I don't know how it's going to pan out. Matt, what do you think? Sorry, say that again. I was uh, I was distracted by something. No, so- it's good. I was saying Jason Pierre-Paul, I, don't, I just don't know that he's played at a Pro Bowl level this season. And... Uh, I know that the Pro Bowl should be a consideration for him based on his sack numbers, but I'm not sure that he's been better than you know six other defensive ends in the league right now this season. 
Yeah, there's a lot of tough competition at edge rusher. It seems like every single year. I think what helps JPP, and I think he's got a shot to make it, especially if we're picking six. I, I think for JPP, what helps is um, he's got the he's got the name recognition that we've talked about. He's got the, the fanfare. Um, you know, people love his press conferences when they go and play the Giants. I'll get a lot of feedback. Anyway, um, you know, when when now I don't hear anything, so I think we're good. When you know when JVP is doing his his Zoom press conference and he's like, "I'm excited to play the Giants. I'm they like I'm I'm coming at their necks and stuff like that." People right. see that and they get excited about it. Uh, I would like to see his production come up a, a little bit more. I mean, seven and I believe he has seven or seven and a half sacks. Mm -hmm. He's having a solid year. Uh, he's been the best pass rusher for the Bucks. But you look at some of the other pass rushers with Burns and, uh, and you know, obviously Miles Garrett is, is like a clear lock. Yeah. There's a lot of big names. Um, JPP is a big name as well. Right. I think he's got a chance. I think he's definitely got a, a decent well, shot. Here's where the plot twist comes in, guys. Jason Pierre-Paul isn't even a defensive end on the Pro Bowl ballot. Oh, yeah, because they got him at, at outside linebacker. linebacker. Yeah, they've got him at outside linebackers, which obviously he plays from a two-point stance. But the, but the position we're taking here is that just make an edge defender spot because make an edge defender end, spot. You have Miles Garrett and Stephon Tuitt on the same ballot. They don't play the same position. So it's just ridiculous and it's outdated uh, and we got to do something about it uh, moving forward. But we say that every year and the Pro Bowl doesn't care about just doing one simple thing right. Well, and I so like here we are. Low tackles is there is there you're an edge defender and solo tackles is their ranking system here for defensive ends. But I think miles Garrett has to be a lock. I think do they have TJ Watt as an outside linebacker or they have he's to? an outside linebacker. Yeah. And the, under these qualifications, which, which is right. But again, it's like, just make an edge defender position and put guys like Stefan to it and inside and defensive interior defensive lineman, or even you could call him D tackles. He plays D tackle. Um, yeah. So just call it that. But you know, so we have nobody to really consider at this position group for the Bucs uh, right now. I mean, Sue and Golston, good players, but I don't think we're it, yeah. right, exactly, not going to make it. Um, um, defensive tackle, if we're looking at the defensive tackle position, um, you know, I think this is where you would love to – this is where Vita Vea would be sitting uh, on this list, but he's not in here right now. And uh, obviously, I mean, I don't – could you vote for him, Matt? Um, could you vote for Vita Vea? Uh, even because he didn't play enough game. He played five games. You can't vote for him. He was on that pace, but there's no way that he can be considered this year, even though it's a down year for the position, I think, uh, production-wise. No, there's, there's absolutely no way you could vote for Vita Vea. As much as right. Bucks fans would love to see Vita Vea make the Pro Bowl. And, yeah, like you said, he was on his way to becoming a, a Pro Bowl player with the season that he's having. Defensive tackle is one of those positions, too, where it's like, especially for someone like Vita Vea, you're doing things that the, that you know your coaches are asking you to do that aren't going to show up on on the stat sheet, but you're doing a good job at your position and doing it at an elite level. But the outside fan may not notice that. Right. Um, obviously, someone like Aaron Donald is a lock, but um, I'm curious to see how Ndamukong Sue does with the voting because again, he's a big name. So obviously not in his prime. His sack numbers are up from last season. I'm not saying he's going to get in as a as a Pro Bowl vote, but I, I would just very, I very much would be interested to see what uh, what his numbers look like. Right. No, I think, I mean, I would love to, I think Vita Vea could have been one more that makes the list. We've already named a number of bucks that could have made this thing. I mean, so far we've got Tom Brady, we've got Ronald Jones, and we're not locking them in. We're just saying that 
at this point, like they've played it at, at the level of a Pro Bowl level player based on the, their position group in the league right now. So we may not think about it about Ronald Jones in a vacuum, but if you look at the position group in the league, there's just not enough standout guys to, to say no to him this year. It's just a reality. There might be for Brady, but again, we're putting him in Brady in right now, and we think he'll get in. Ronald Jones, we're putting Rob Gronkowski in right now. We got to see what happens, but the tight end position outside of Kelsey is totally up in the air with George Kittle hurt and Darren Waller not really producing that much and Mark Andrews having a terrible year. So I, I you know, that position is totally up in the air right now, I think. So Gronk could get in. I mean, we're talking about Tristan Wirfs and Ryan Jensen and Ali Marpet. Um, you know, it's, it's crazy to me that we're talking about that many bucks. We're not even talking about their wide receivers. Meanwhile, we've got probably six pro bowlers and we're not even talking about the wide receivers who can play at a pro bowl level at any week. So, I mean, if this two group had been fully healthy and clicking early in the season, it's scary to think about where we'd be. But defensively, I think we can agree. The defensive line with Vea Hurt there's, and Jack Barrett not having great production this year. Jason Pierre-Paul is in the conversation. Wouldn't vote for him right now. Let's go to off-ball linebacker, Matt. And Taylor's having some technical difficulties. But let's go to off-ball linebacker and discuss this quickly. You know, Levante David, I don't even – we don't even have a conversation, right? If he doesn't get in this year, I'll literally storm then- the NFL offices. <laughs> Just get rid of the Pro Bowl, then. If get rid of it. Well, that should probably have happened, but but get get rid of it. Um, and I, I don't even think like I won't even sit like Levante David is the best linebacker in the NFL this season. He needs no to be in the answer thoughts. I don't want right. to hear anything about Wagner. That that right. ship has sailed. <laughs> We've moved on I mean, from they're, that. They're not even on the same tier right now. Like they're just not. I love Bobby Wagner, but it's, they're not right now. Um, Devin White. That's the conversation. Yes. What do we do with Devin White? Bucks fans are going to maybe want him in because of the sack production. And honestly, right. And he's up there. Five, too. Right. He's got a big tackle numbers, which are, are a pointless stat without the context of the tape, but I'm, right. and I'm not saying they're bad for Devin white. I'm just saying you need the context of the tape to be able to t- say yes or no to those, but the tackles, the sacks, the name recognition and the, pedigree, the overall right? aggressiveness too. Just like when you watch him play, like play, he's the number one guy. You see him flying around the field. And another thing, again, outside of like what's happening on the field, um, Devin White is a great promoter. You know, he's got the Get Live 45. Yeah, he's got the Get Live stables. He rides horses. People like that. <laughs> people like that, and people will vote for that. I think it's a, it's a, man, it's tough. It's these, fun, yeah. these votes are. But he's, 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 he's honestly maybe the worst linebacker in the NFL in pass coverage. I was going to say the pass cover. It's, it's almost a, a thing like Ronald Jones, where it's like Ronald Jones, great runner. Struggles a lot in the passing game. Devin yeah. White does everything right as a linebacker, except he struggles in the passing game in coverage. Yeah, I, I don't know. You know, I don't know how it's hard for me to kind of remedy those, those two ends of his game. I don't think he's a pro bowler myself personally. Like I think that if you can go on the guy on this list and you can pick guys that are more deserving this year. I mean, frankly, even though I think he's lost a step, Bobby Wagner's more deserving. Like he's just a better, more yeah. consistent player right now. Obviously, Fred Warner. I mean. Roquan Smith has had an outstanding season and he's really come on strong late in the season. Eric Kendricks is a beast and having a great year. Um, you know, I mean, I mentioned Fred Warner, you know, he's a lock. I think Darius Leonard is probably a lock. Um, again, we're doing voting and they may be breaking this up in AFC NFC. And so maybe some of these guys in the AFC that are pull, or some of these guys in the NFC, they're pulling uh, away at his votes, you know, give him a chance. And I don't think, I think he has a great chance to get in, with the fan vote, I'm just personally not sure. Demario Davis is another one, although he's in the outside linebacker group right. in pro voting, which again, how is Demario Davis the same position group as TJ Watt and Jason Pierre Paul? <laughs> I can't, I just, I don't know how. We're supposed to vote for this. 
this who's is i mean this, this? this is the league this is the nfl like this isn't like a some podunk site that's trying to like sort this out no this is the actual nfl that has put zero effort into their own all-star game like it's i mean just look at the way this thing's laid out can we can we just get a list where we can sort people by tackles? We can sort people by sacks, like force fumbles. Right? Like, can we not get that? like the the receivers one was crazy too. That the the big number that they showed was the receptions, and then the yards was the small one. Like I don't know. I'd rather see the yards as if they're gonna stick with this cockamamie system with right. stuff all over the place. I'd rather see the yards as as the first number that pops out to you versus number of receptions. I mean, we can get back into the Michael Thomas discussion about receptions over production yeah. with how far oh. down the field you get but uh for sure right that's an argument right, for well, last, two, last two we got to discuss uh cornerback position uh i think carlton davis is in um he has to be yeah the interception numbers are on his side too i, I he doesn't have like the big name recognition and he plays in a small market so right but so i think that you could maybe make an argument against him in that way but with the interception numbers i mean four four picks this season he's made the splash plays if he makes a few more of those stays fresh in people's mind. He's probably going to get the fan vote. We're going to yeah. keep hyping him up on, on social. <laughs> He's probably <laughs> going to get the fan vote. You know, I mean, I, I mean, I think Jair Alexander and James Bradbury and Carlton Davis have been the best three corners in the league. Yeah, and like Jalen Ramsey will get in because of – He'll get in, and he's – Jalen Ramsey. Right. The and biggest criteria good. for me when it comes to a corner, more than just stats itself, is is how do you play when you're going up against the best receivers in football? I always go back to – uh I love Darrell Revis. I think he's the best corner of all time behind Deion Sanders. And, you know, there there were seasons where literally week after week, Darrell Revis would line up against, you know, Randy Moss, Andre Johnson, Steve Smith, Terrell Owens, Chad Ochocinco. And like every single week, he would completely stop them where they would have like two receptions for 15 yards and stuff like that. Right. And, and so with Carlton, he's played – Overall, I would say he's played pretty well against the top receivers in the game. I mean, week one, he pretty much shut down Michael Thomas. Um, and he's gone up against a lot of big-name receivers this year and, and done pretty well. So I think Carlton Davis, and he's still ascending, too. I don't even right. think he's reached his his top level, but he's got to right. be in there this season. Right. I agree completely. Let's move. We're, we know strong safety is not happening. Let's wrap this thing up with free safety. Antoine Winfield, I think it's been a good year, but at the end of the day, the, the, the numbers matter. Let's just be honest. They not matter. And to a degree, they should matter to a degree. And Justin Simmons, Jesse Bates, you know, I think those guys are, are going to be locks to make the game this year. And I, I think if you look around the league right now, Antoine Winfield's kind of on the cusp. This has not been a big production year for safeties. Marcus mm -hmm. Williams has two picks now, but early in the season, he was having some struggles. Julian Blackman has played really well as a rookie, um, and he's got one more interception than Winfield. And so he's played a lot less snaps and does a lot less. And he doesn't rush and as much as Winfield. They're starting to use him a little more around the box, but Winfield's worn a lot more hats. Um, you know, Devin McCourty could easily get in uh, based off name recognition and the fact that he's got two picks and he's played well uh, also. Um, Nick and Fitzpatrick again also will probably get in for that. So I right. think Winfield's on the outside looking in right now. Um, I think he's played great. I'm not sure I would say he's one of the, you know, I, maybe we're voting for six here too. We probably are, but only four usually make it. Uh, two free safeties, two strong, you know, at the free safety spot, only four usually make it. I guess they're having people vote for six this year. I don't know that I would put him in the top four, but I think he's probably in the next four right after that. Um, that's probably where I've 
where I would put uh, him in. Uh, and Luke's Luke, we got Colts fan Luke in here. Xavier Rhodes, top three <laughs> quarterback this year. Let's go, baby. Bringing Xavier back. Rhodes are closed. I love it. I love the resurgence there. I don't know if that's his top three this year, but he's having a great year and he'll get he'll get considered for the Pro Bowl. Absolutely. Uh Marlon Humphrey, good shout out. Love Marlon Humphrey. He mm-hmm. will probably be in there as well this year. Uh playing another great season for him. Um Vita would have been and will be an all pro in the future. I agree. He would have been a pro bowler this year. I'm not sure about all pro. I, I it's a lot t- tougher criteria. I don't know right. how that would work. So maybe second or third team. You know, they do the teams there. Um, so yeah, and don't forget kicker. Ty says, and he's exactly right. We're not going to forget about kicker. Uh, we've got to close this thing out with kicker. Here's the here's the reality of the kicker situation right now, Matt. Kicker, and I'll and I'll stop the screen share so we can close this out. But kicker is like one of those positions that you're like, if you see somebody having a season like Ryan Suckup where he's missed two field goals and he's missed two extra points and three of those kicks, four kicks have been blocked and he missed the field goal. The miss was long. I think it was like 50 some yarder, if I remember right. So the, he's really the yarder got blocked. That was the one that oh, got blocked. That, okay. Was that the one that yeah. got blocked? So he missed in the, um, it was a home game. It was, uh, I think the 40s. Chargers game he missed. Was it a high forties? So yeah, something like that. I mean, okay. it wasn't a chip shot. Right. So he's been tremendous. He is not kicking and he's completing 90.9% of his field goals this season. That's Pro Bowl, right? No, because he's 13th in the NFL right now in field goal percentage. So I think Ryan Suckup's been one of the best bucks on the team, but I don't know that he's going to make the Pro Bowl because. There's just other guys, kickers with bigger names. You know, they're only taking two of them, I think, right? Yeah, and like Justin Tucker is probably an automatic lock. You know what I mean? And you probably got somebody else kicking 100% this year. I don't even remember who was up ahead of him. But, I mean, 13th, and you're you're making 91% of your field goals. Like, that's just nuts. I mean, that's crazy. It's just, I mean, it shows. Really what it proves, Matt, is that the kicker position is just completely mental. Like, you probably have dudes walking by you every day that could kick in the NFL. Like physically, it, it shows mentally. how valuable Ryan Suckup has been to this team. I yeah. mean, oh, we've seen yeah. a number of times how poor kicking has hurt the Bucks, and this year it's it's been nothing but a strength, which makes it so interesting that it looks like Matt Gay is going to be kicking for the Rams on a uh, on Monday night. Just another one of the many footnotes to a game that has so many thrilling storylines in my in my mind. But yeah, Jacob, to continue it out, my point that I was making, exactly right. I think because there's been no fans in the crowd. That's what's been the difference for kickers. You know, they're just so much more comfortable because yeah, there's not they don't feel the pressure of the moment. Yeah, it feels like a practice when they when they're kicking. And so I think the fact that so many kickers are having unbelievable years, unbelievable seasons, and there being no fans or very few fans in the stands, I just think that's that's a psychology experiment right there in and of itself, in my mind. Um, that that yeah, well, I mean, that's that's all the proof you need. Now, Goskowski's tie team mentions him. He's the worst <laughs> kicker in the league right now, but he is the name recognition, but he's the worst kicker in a year where every kicker is thriving. He is struggling like crazy. Yeah, he's <laughs> ridiculous. He's, he's um, had a lot of bad moments this year, but yeah, you know, he's got a couple, he's got a couple Super Bowls. I, I that's right. All right. Got those on his side. So again, uh, that'll be playing in his favor for sure. So that we've kind of worked our way through the bow. I mean, shout out to Bradley Pinion for sure. But I don't think I put him in the Pro Bowl, but having a solid year once again. Uh, I don't even know how you determine long snappers for the Pro Bowl. You can't even vote for him, which long snapper hate. It could I, be I a like package. Him. Like if you, yeah. if your punter gets, get your battery. Yeah. Your special yeah. team's battery. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. A little battery there. I, I like it. it. 
there are still some hurricanes forming in the Gulf, folks, so don't wait to review your insurance policies. Call Briar Greaves Insurance, which is family-owned and has served the greater Tampa Bay area, area for 30 years. For your home and your auto, your boat, your life, commercial, and flood insurance needs, a lot of homeowner companies are canceling or not renewing policies, leaving Florida or increasing premiums significantly. Call Briar Greaves. Scott did it, saved a bunch of money. He's pumped about it. He talks about it all the time. And speak directly to Briar or Sam for a personalized touch for information on the best rates. The folks at Briar Greaves Insurance are big fans of the Buccaneers and proud sponsors of the Pewter Report podcast on pewterreport.com. Visit Briar Greaves Insurance or call 813-876-4166. That's 813-876-4166 today. So, Matt, before I let you go on the show here today, and before we wrap it up, give me your prediction for the game for tomorrow night. Scott and I gave ours yesterday. I know we've got our previews and predictions coming out uh, tomorrow uh, up on the site on Friday. Uh, or we, we're posting those Saturday, probably. We'll post, probably post yeah, them Saturday. With Monday the Monday night, night game. Um, but we'll have those coming up on the site. But give fans, you don't, maybe you don't have to say your score, but give fans a little bit of an idea where you might be leaning for this matchup. Yeah, there's a lot of different variables to look at for this game on for both teams, really. I mean, the Rams had a great win over the Seahawks, but then they've looked really sluggish at times, too. So you kind of got to wonder which Rams team is going to show up to this game. The big storyline around the box is that they have not played well in primetime games. Obviously, yeah. we've talked enough about the Saints game, and they did not play well uh, in the Bears game. I want to see how this offense plays against the Rams defense because, and you guys have talked about it a lot too. I mean, the Bucs scored 46 points and they still did not even look as crisp as they, as they possibly yeah. could in the red zone. Sure. Uh, you get uh, another week with Antonio Brown, understanding the offense. Um, they're going to keep chugging away, running the ball, especially with what Ronald Jones just did last game. The key for me with the defense is, uh, and again, the Saints game is just like an outlier. <laughs> so I'm talking about every game besides the Saints. The Bucks defense gets off to a slow start, and other teams have taken advantage of, of putting up some points on the defense in the first half, but then they really clamp down in the second half. So I think the key for the Bucks, and specifically on defense, is going to be getting off to a hot start. And I think this team, I said last week they were going to be pissed because because, you know, they got their butts kicked by the Saints. And then right. I said, and Levante David said they were going to be pissed playing against the Panthers. And, um, but I think they're going to be just as pissed or have that chip on their shoulder because they have not played well in primetime. This is a huge moment to play against another good team with really big playoff standings on the line here. So I, I think this is where you really see the the pissed off bucks that, that we've mentioned. So I, I'm leaning towards Tampa Bay right now. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, you bring up some good points and I think you can, you know, everybody can listen back to Wednesday's episode of the podcast. And if they haven't heard it already and Scott and I break everything down um, and we went pretty in depth uh, with this, uh, with this matchup. So uh, I think that there's a lot to consider for sure uh, as we move forward. And that episode will probably help you as you're making your, your bets. So hopefully over at my bookie uh, and, and laying all that down um, for this week, dragon lope. We appreciate and love the super chat. My man. Very much. He says pointless stream since we are Super Bowl bound. Wow. Uh, good point, actually. <laughs> good point, actually. So none of the box. I mean, there won't be a Pro Bowl game anyway. That's, that's a great point. Fun. That's a great point. Um, give me your best argument for Mike Edwards in the Pro Bowl when you get there. Hasn't messed up. 
right? <laughs> he's one catch. He's a ball hawk. I think maybe two catches for like seven yards or something like that this season. I think he's missed maybe he's missed one tackle. I don't not many. I you know it's hey, he broke up that pass at the uh, end of the second quarter that would have put the Panthers in, in field goal range. So got uh, two picks. I mean, these look play. at the safeties. I mean, if he gets two more picks this year, you're gonna get some votes for him. I mean, he's got four picks. He'll be one of the league leading uh, safeties in the league in picks. And he hasn't given up negative plays. So, uh, so yeah, that's my best argument for him, Dragon Lope. I think uh, that's the best we can do. All right, folks, we appreciate y'all jumping in here with us on the show and kind of working with us as we figured out some things and even endured some unexpected technical difficulties there with Taylor's microphone. Sorry you couldn't join us for the end of the show. Uh, but uh, we appreciate y'all uh, and uh, thank y'all for tuning in and go over to YouTube, Pewter Report TV, subscribe, tell your friends and your families. We are very close to 2000 subscribers and would love for y'all to help us push us over that mark so we can get working on 3000. We'll be back Monday night after the game. We are going live. We are talking about this game. It is going to be awesome. Um, and we're pumped to kind of break everything down. Those night shows have been a lot of fun. We've had great turnout and attendance. Y'all stay up late with us. And it's Thanksgiving week, man. You got to cut loose a little bit and let's go crazy. That's right. uh, we're going to do a show that day. We'll do a show Tuesday as well. And we'll have one Wednesday for you and obviously off Thanksgiving. And so we will be coming to you live uh, next week. It'll be 4 p.m. It'll be after the game on Monday, 4 p.m. on Tuesday, 4 p.m. on Wednesday. Uh, we'll be coming to you live and we'll have a lot of fun stuff to break down. So Appreciate y'all. Thanks for tuning in for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast, Energized by Celsius. Out. Out.